So you know it's almost hot girl summer. Oh yeah, are you uh, are you ready for it? Yeah, you know I'm I'm ready. I'm uh-huh. like I'm aiming towards like balmy girl summer, <laughs> which is like summer with no AC and doing the best I f- can. Do you know what I mean? That's how I came into this world. That's how I'm going out. Balmy girl summer. It'll catch on. <laughs> Trisha. You guys, welcome to Obsessed with Disappeared, the podcast where Ellen Marsh and I tell the stories of missing people. Did you steal my soda? No, my love. It's literally right oh. in front of you. <laughs> you are like a toddler. If it's not uh-huh. right in front. And honestly, what is more toxic than a toddler? To- <laughs> toddlers are the most toxic. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But if it's not right smack in front of you, mm-hmm. it's someone else's fault. I just don't trust you as far as I can throw you. As I was saying, welcome to Obsessed with Disappeared, the podcast where Ellen Marsh and I tell the stories of missing people by recapping our favorite show, IDs Disappeared, girl. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Why are we like that? I mean, that is, do not pull at that thread. That's a conversation for doctors and yeah, scientists, just... not for us. And nutritionists, yeah, maybe? Something. Yeah. Anybody who has an ST sure. on their name. Yeah, and Steve maybe... Tipton, no, don't give her the power. Don't give her the power. You guys, if you want more of these shenanigans, Join our Patreon. There's over 10,000 people on our Patreon, girl. I know, I know. Look, 10,000 people can't be wrong. If you want three full bonus episodes. There's a lot of people in the world. You know what? (laughs) Let's not get crazy. Well, if you do decide to join, you get three full bonus episodes every month. Right now, we're covering See No Evil. Obsessed. Where they, they solve the murders with the with the surveillance video. The thing that's hard about watching See No Evil is I yeah. lose my voice because I'm screaming the whole time. I know. I know. Oh, my God. It's banana. Look, I got to tell you, I think some of our funniest work is on the Patreon. I'm just, I'm just saying. You also get our monthly true crime trivia. The first Friday of every month, we do trivia. It's an hour. We do it over Zoom. We bring in special guests. It's bananas. It's so funny. Fun. Yeah. I Are you going to cry? You going to cry this week? I said it first. Why are you such an emotional basket case? Um, why are you so obsessed with me? Number one, I think your obsession with me is a very unhealthy coping mechanism that okay. we should talk about at some point. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, let's go. We're off to a great start. All right, you guys, season four, episode 12, Midnight Walk, tells the story of Lily Aramburrow. A 23-year-old new mother, Lily Aramburrow is busy getting her life back on track. She started taking care of things in her life that had been neglected in the past. So it was a, a very happy time for her. But then, late one night, she disappears. But she left everything at my house. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And even as her loved ones mount a massive search. I thought I was going to find my daughter like in the next corner. Months go by with no sign of Lily and new suspicions take shape. I don't think we've been told the truth. Somebody knows something. Somebody saw something. And I need to know where my daughter is. Dead or alive. I need to find out what happened to her. Okay, over there, sis. What's going on? Well, Did I you had, burp? Yeah. Why are you like, why are you, there's no ventilation in this room. Why do you give me bubbly drinks? Why do I have to smell your breakfast? It doesn't, I do like I eat breakfast. <laughs> All right, you guys, March 2007, we are in Kendall, Florida. Why we got to go to Florida, girl? You know, the Florida 
people. They no. always get sick. It's not our fault. No, we it's don't not. write this shit. It's Somebody... here. Everyone's like, why you always pick up Florida? We're not. Florida, you do it to your damn self. <laughs> well, I was seeing this thing on Facebook the other day. This lady woke up and opened her front door, and there was a huge fucking alligator on her front porch. Lighted on fire. Not the alligator. <laughs> to... Florida. Everybody move. There are so many other states. Yeah. So we learned about this woman, Lily. She's recently had a baby boy named Paulden. He's so fucking cute. We see a picture of her and her baby, and her baby is giving her side eye for yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. she, that baby went to the Lola school of side eye. Lola? Talk about Daisy. Whenever I need a good look, I'm like, Daisy, give me one. That's good. That's good. Thank you, baby. Daisy really does not have time, for, especially for your shit. She has time for no one. Yeah. Daisy has been here many times. Yes. I have said it, and she feels bad for all of us. But wait, she's also, Lily's also recently gotten engaged to boyfriend Christian. Right. Gauge to boyfriend Christian. I am going to hold my tongue on that one so we don't start <laughs> off on a bad foot. Okay, um, But we meet Mama Lucelli, who says that her daughter was super happy, happy to be a new mother, really dedicated to motherhood. She is so sweet. She's such a down bitch. We're going to hear all from Mama Lucelli. We also meet friend Janet. And like I, my first note on Janet is that Janet says, I felt as if Lily was on the right track. She was taking care of herself. She seemed fine. She seemed fine. And I said, Janet doesn't seem super invested in this interview. She is. We're going to learn. We're going to learn that she really moves heaven and earth for her friend. She really does. But like her first line, like someone's like, tell me how was Lily? Tell me about her. She was fine. Yeah. Janet! Could you imagine if anyone ever described you or I as fine? Then, then you got someone who didn't know us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want someone to be like, yeah, she was, she was, she, she was, was fine. fine. She was neither here nor there. Yeah. We're quiet, that one. You're ambivalent, yeah. so you never met her. So you never met her. You never met Patricia. This thought just occurred to me. Are you officially a spinster? Um... <laughs> I just thought, is Ellen a spinster? I think the fuck not. <laughs> I think. I think the fuck not. Uh, okay, great. Because uh-huh. um, I'm still hot as balls. That is true. You are very hot. Oh, look you at are. you. No, I just made not. that you up. Couldn't, you couldn't look at me in the eyes when I gave you a compliment. I know. Yeah, that's the trauma. Okay. Um... <laughs> We say these things, and yet I remain emotionally unfazed. Just me sitting here, (laughs) smiling in your face. Oh, my God. It's just a Friday. Yeah, so we learn Lily grew up in Miami. Growing up in Miami, Lily had lots of friends and was known as a sweet, peaceful girl who loved nature. She would like to be in the park or just being in nature or whatever it was. Even if it's just walking anywhere, she will like, pay attention to a tree, a flower, a bird, any kind of animals. We learned that she like, really likes to be one with the nature. And I just thought, that's weird. Yeah. I don't... I don't need to be the, I don't need the nature. You know what I mean? Patrick's one with the vodka. That's all she needs, you guys. No, you like the outdoors. You pretend, you guys are always going on hikes and stuff. Yeah, I guess. I don't mind the outside. As I'm getting older, the outside just looks more and more daunting. It's like Florida in that sense where it's like not necessarily the outside's fault. It's always been that way. I've just aged out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to stop coming for you today, Florida. Um, So we learn that around her sophomore or junior year, Lily starts kind of partying, drinking a little bit, and dabbling in drugs. And then she drops out of school and she starts partying more. Now, Mama Lucy. You're silly. <laughs> Mama 
Billy drops a lot of bombs. Yeah. Very <laughs> casually. And yeah. I, I can't I can't relate to her on that, yeah. you know, level, yeah. but I appreciate it. So now after doing the show for a hot minute, it's very I'm not phased by much. We've right. covered <laughs> alligators, yeah. people growing football fields worth of weed, totally. cults. We've seen it all. And then she's explaining how she's in this rough patch in her life, kind of drinking and doing drugs. And she said one of the times I did not hear from her for about two, three weeks, which is you you know, almost the longest that I ever been without contact. You know, she would leave for two or three, and I'm sort of taking my notes, and yeah. she says weeks. So this is not the first time we've, like, with Brianna Maitland, last episode, she moves out of the house at 17. I wrote, who the fuck are these parents not lying down in front of and or in back of cars? Yeah. I, you want to try to leave my house for three weeks and you're in high school? Over my dead gay body. Yeah, I mean, I guess there just comes Over a point- my dead gay vodka-soaked body. <laughs> he's, now he's gone. She's not going anywhere. I'm going to lie down in front of the truck. He's smells like vodka, though. Should we? I mean, he's no, he's for sure. Right out in front of the truck. <laughs> I want to be there for that arrest. Um, but, I mean, you know, listen, we get, can't come down on the parents just sitting. Our kids are younger than that. I guess there's a point where you're just like, okay, yeah, what can I do? That you is know very what I, true. But especially... when she said weeks, I swear on yeah. everything, I was typing, and I was just writing two or three days, and she said weeks, and I went, what? I know. I know. And then we learn also that Lucelli finds out why her daughter isn't communicating from one of Lily's friends. Lily has started experimenting with heroin. They say Lily has started experimenting with heroin. Heroin. And she I just said, drops heroin. Educate me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that like heroin, like you're addicted the first time you do it. You can die from heroin the first yeah. time. You can die the first, you could try heroin once and that was your go. Yeah, absolutely. It Guys, is so scary to Don't me. do heroin, stay in school. How do? And also stop smoking. I, I just stop, I'm not the boss of you, but please stop smoking, yeah, everybody. It's just, it, or at least like don't throw your cigarettes on the sidewalk. I really hate it when they do that. Yeah, okay. Any Anything else, bitch? <laughs> If you could be a little quieter uh-huh. on airplanes, okay. I would really appreciate yeah. that, too. Uh-huh. Also, if you could walk a little faster, yeah. really in any situation, yeah. um, I feel like that would be great. Uh, that's Yeah, that's what I got for now. I'll keep you posted as they, as they filter through the brain. Okay, yeah, you let me know. You okay. let me know how that works out for you. Someone writing this down, I don't give a shit. So yeah, so my heart went thud right there. So once Mama Lucille hears that she is struggling with heroin, she heard it from a friend. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be on the other side of that phone call. You know what? I've made that phone call. Not for heroin, but I had a friend who was on coke and I was like so scared I had to call. He was like a full grown adult and I I still called his mother. As Daisy's friends, if you're listening to this in the year 2036, you fucking call me if she's doing cocaine. I want to hear about it. Can you imagine when Daisy and Lola's friend find our podcast and they're like Daisy Daisy I know your dad's fucking trash I know it's gonna happen so like at one point Lily is just gone for like weeks and Mama Lucille which I cannot say without saying no you silly you silly not no you silly Mama Lucille is a down bitch and she's just driving all the fuck over Miami looking for her kid. Right. And I imagine in my head, I imagine that to be kind of like a really unhealthy combination of like rage and fear and sadness. Yeah. You I know th- what I mean? Like, I want to know that she's blaring Indigo Girls the whole time. I'm thinking the album is Nomads, Indian Saints. It's a little lesser known. Yeah. But Mama Lucille and I both love it and she's listening to it really hard when she's driving around looking for Lily. Sometimes do you maybe think the things that 
that come into your head are your inside thoughts. I literally don't have any inside okay, thoughts. Great, yeah, great, I have yeah. none of them. Thank you for saying that out loud. Yeah, but you're um so welcome. <laughs> you know, like she is truly just driving around and it's this like parent superpower, right? Yeah. It's like not quite sure what you're doing or what you're looking for, but you know you have to be doing something. Yeah, and she ev- and the thing is it works. Like she's driving all over the city, she eventually f- finds her. I saw some rocks and I uh, saw a little head and I just recognized my daughter's hair. And I stopped and sure enough, that was her. She did not look good. She looked very, very weak. And I just uh, looked at her and broke my heart. I never seen her so skinny and so bad in my life. And like in the reenactment of this, Mama Lucille finds Lily passed out on a blanket in a park next to some dude. And the mom just sort of slowly wakes Lily up and takes her away into the car and just leaves the guy there. And I'm like, if I'm Mama Lucille, I'm either like kicking that guy until he's dead or just making sure he isn't already dead. You know what I mean? Let's get a pulse on that guy. Let's get a mirror under his nose. Mama Lucille doesn't give a shit. She's like, I got my daughter. She doesn't look great. She doesn't look great. Because she's yeah, like, yeah she's yeah. like she's skinny yeah and yet I mean she says it she's like she was skinny she didn't she didn't look clean or kempt or anything I and like, just don't think anyone's ever gonna describe me that way you know what he was so skinny bag of bones Heinz you know what I mean God Patrick get some meat on your bones girl okay you need some Domino's and a cocktail ooh Domino's oh uh, that sounds so should good should we order pizza right now literally yes <laughs> Steve won't let us eat in the booth we can't eat in here and we just shut it down <laughs> totally. everyone's like the fuck and everyone just looks at each other they're like dominoes yeah it was dominoes um so i actually thought when she found her we were gonna get better for a minute no you know how these stories Do like, you know what we're watching i know girl? but i kind of got leah peebles vibes because remember leah like had some downturns yeah. and then she kind of like brought her life back up a little bit like i was ready for the roller coaster i was yeah. ready to go up nope i don't nope. know <laughs> we learned right here that like over the next few years Lily becomes increasingly involved with heroin and crack. Her life seems to be spiraling downward. So here's the thing. I want to say that, like, I really do feel for addicts, and I do, but apparently I don't, I'm not supposed to say that. Yes. What do we say? People suffering from substance abuse or substance abuse disorder. Okay. So I really do, I mean, I've known these people. I've had these people in my life. I really, I like, I understand once you go down that road, how, uh, like, unbelievably impossible it is to get out of it. So I just want to say that about Lily in this episode. Like, I really, really, really feel for these people. And she really does try to turn it around because in January, 2006 she finds out that she's pregnant with her boyfriend's kid she was surprised she wasn't expecting that she was very happy she definitely wanted to stop the use of drugs and she wanted to change her life knowing that there was another person coming into life and she was responsible for it and she is like super happy and surprised and like wants- well, wait, wait 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 you just glossed over that because best friend Janet goes she was <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I could uh-huh. drive a boat show through that pa- that pause. That was a pregnant yeah. pause. Yeah. She was oh. like, yeah, that pregnant, pre- yeah. that's a double entendre. Yeah. I didn't even mean to. Your that's, humor is so sophisticated. It, it really is nuanced. Thank you for dumbing it down to do this with me. Yeah. I really appreciate I it. I also say fuck a lot. <laughs> so... So she's pregnant and she wants to get off drugs and the people in her life feel like she's like finally headed in the right direction. Yeah, and she had like cleaned up her hack. Then there's an odd over and over shot, like a a shot of a jar of lollipops. (laughs) I wasn't, it 
wasn't just once, you guys. It was it was many, many shots of is it symbolism? I'm here for symbolism. Sure. But what what was it? You know, you never know what you're gonna get with these episodes. Sometimes they're like very artistically directed. Yeah. You remember the one in the desert that we're like, who directed? April this? Pitzer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have an encyclopedic memory for the names no, of these people. No, but it's so funny. It's just we're gonna take. F- Start from the lollipops and pan. Do the lollipops again. That's great, right? No, that's good. Now yeah. go back. I was like, the fuck are these lollipops? Charlene is taking notes. She's like, now I got to buy a fucking bag of lollipops. Great. Great. So anyway, September 2006, the baby is born and she was like a nurturing, loving mother. She breaks up with the boyfriend who is the father of the baby and like a sort of immediately hooks up with this guy, Christian. And the mom is like, what happened? I believe after Lily giving birth, she felt a little bit too lonely. And Christian was always pursuing her, telling her that he would always be there and offering all these things for her, that security, comfort. She was lonely and he gave her attention. <laughs> yeah. Wait, the dichotomy between the way these two stories are, to- are told are yeah. brilliant. Okay, yeah. go with me. So ID sets Did up- Did you burp again? Yeah. You are- an inconsiderate podcaster. Do you think? Yes. If you did that in a booth with another, like a real podcaster, they would never invite you back. You're my best friend of 20 years. We've <laughs> we've seen each other through many more things besides burps. Do you want me to go into deets? You've already done it. Okay. They know about the time you took me to the hospital. They already know. When you were roofied, but you weren't actually roofied. You were just drunk and had sex that you regretted. Yeah. 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 But apparently that regret yeah. made me get up at three o'clock in the morning to take you to the ER. Is that the story you want to tell? You guys, all of this is true. Yeah. Every last second of it is true. Yeah. Okay. You you are a menace to yeah, society. Okay. And I'm here to point it out to people. I said that on episode I one. Know, know. And everyone's like, what is this girl talking about? And now they're like, okay. She came to play. So, so this is this. I love this setup with ID. So Christian is telling this story, and there's sunsets, and there's beaches, uh-huh. and there's light rock. Kenny G in the background, and he uh-huh. says, "It felt, you know, like we we're a family. We would take walks at night together. There's many times we go out to the beach, swim in the water, and you know, have a fun." We were good. We were walking on the beach. We were yes. taking care of our baby. Yes. Smash cut yes. to Mama Lucilli. Yes. And she's like, yeah, I can just tell that she wasn't all that happy. It was just that she wasn't open. She would not tell me what was going on. I thought they were probably having a little bit of, you know, adjusting problems and stuff. She was not all that happy. I could tell. <laughs> like, and then it's just yeah. like, boom. And it's like people smoking drugs yep. and it's all dark and it's like seedy. I was like, y'all are telling two different, different stories. stories. I know. I was actually shocked Christian was even here. You guys, it gets bananas. Oh, yeah. Christian's here. He should have thought twice yeah. knowing that I was going to cover this episode because I got some shit to say. So we learned within a, within a month, Lily and Christian are engaged. She moves into his condo. Is there, is there a lesbian joke there? Who? Lillian, Lillian Christian? That they were engaged after a month and oh, they moved in together? God, I didn't, it, it, I was raised so thoroughly by lesbians, right. it didn't even strike me as any as notable in any way. Yeah, there's a song there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's Let's... how long till my soul gets it right. <laughs> Did any human being yeah. ever reach that kind of line? The lesbians like want to get mad. They're oh, like, hey! The soul of Galileo, king of... Na- I have to redeem myself for the cranberries. And this is how you choose to do it? <laughs> Did I sound a little better? I, oh, 
no, 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 don't, 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 don't. Okay, so also Mama Lucille is like, she's like, she wasn't happy, I could tell, but Mama Lucille chalked it up to like adjustments of having a freaking newborn. Yeah. I mean, life is just doesn't feel real, you know? Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. fine. They'll figure it out. And Janet, best friend Janet, was like, I actually thought I hadn't heard from her and I thought it was like sort of a good thing. I thought she was like in love and in yeah. baby moon and in that, it's you know. Not what, was, not what was happening. It's not happening. She was back on crack and heroin. And then we find out that Christian was too. That yeah. like Christian was also addicted and that they would like sometimes do drugs for days on end end and I just went what and like you know what that led to fighting yeah well Christian (laughs) Christian being the the stand-up dude that he is yeah he tells us how drugs work right which is great because he tells us that after three days of that your mind starts you know just playing tricks on you and getting the better of you and that's where the problem started you know you should you should be very agitated very on edge about the littlest things Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Thank, thank you, you, sweetheart. Girl. No, seriously, thank, thank you, you for girl. being, you You add street cred. Thank you. <laughs> but then he's just saying that, like, they're in fights all the time. The cops are getting called. And, like, eventually the baby gets taken away and put in foster care. And, like, I got to tell you, as tragic as that is and as complicated as addiction is, that is the right thing. The yes, baby need. and absolutely. as a foster parent, I can say, like, that is, you know, the whole idea of foster care is that you get your shit together and you get your kid back, yeah. you know? And that's what they all were hoping was going to happen. I kind of felt like Christian, again, my my feelings towards him will open up more. I feel like he was being a little, like, victim-y. Yeah. Like, rather, it, what, you're right, it was a good decision for Paulden to be taken away, and he yeah. was just kind of like, poor us. And yeah. I was like, yeah. no, son, you were making some bad decisions. And, and the kid wasn't safe. There's an innocent baby involved. If absolutely. you're, like, awake for three days doing crack and heroin, no, yes. that kid's got to get taken out of yes, there. Yes, absolutely. So, Lily checks into rehab for three it's a three-month program and she's hoping to get her life back on track but after two weeks she calls christian and she gets kicked out for relapsing christian picked her up and took her to his house i wasn't allowed to uh be with her at the moment because she had no visitations with the baby and that same day that she got released from the rehab i got temporary custody of the baby so she wasn't allowed to be near the baby at that time. It is so sad because obviously someone needs to take care of the baby and thank God it was a family member but that yeah. meant Mama Lucille couldn't see Lily right. because Lily couldn't see the she baby. She couldn't go take care of her daughter who just got kicked out of rehab because she's raising her daughter's kid. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's tough but like Mama Lucille was like, yeah, I'm here to protect the baby. Like yeah. I, I gotta do that. And Lily was not well. She yeah. needed help and, sure. and and they couldn't even hug each other right. which, you know, yeah. which is sad. So it's June 2007, Hollywood, Florida at 2 a.m. June 2nd, Christian calls Lily's mother and says that the night before, like 24 hours ago, Lily left the house, like left Christian's house in the middle of the night. They got into it in a big fight and she never came back. And he's apparently filed a police report. Right. And for a visual, you know, those big sort of pillowcase nightgowns. Yes. Like that. that that's in like Carrie, like I can see your dirty pillows. <laughs> yes. You know, like. Those. Like exactly that. Yeah. Yes. And. She's apparently yeah. just walked out wearing a nightgown, no shoes, no phone, no belongings, yeah. and allegedly holding bungee cords in her hand. I don't believe 
that part. Yeah, this is all, this whole visual is right out of Nightmare on Elm Street, which if you did not live in absolute terror of Freddy Krueger haunting your dreams, are you even a person? I still do. You From where I am sitting right now, when I'm recording alone at night Freddy Krueger's in the, in the I'm lobby. A, I imagine him like walking from right, and like appearing at that door, the glass door that I can see No, through. he's there. Yeah. He's there right now, yeah. looking at us, waiting for one of us. Stop it. That is so no, scary. Freddy Krueger. That is so fucking scary. I don't know that, uh, the age demographic, people around our age, yeah. like elder millennials, Gen X, you know Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He was the scariest. Do you yes. remember when he killed Johnny Depp? Yes, of course. I've watched that a hundred times. I'm obsessed with Johnny Depp. He was in his underwear. So I, that's why I've watched it. Yeah. <laughs> This is why you think I watched it 200 yeah. times. Yeah, that was stupid. That was stupid of me. That was that was on me, everybody. That was on me. So she's apparently, I'm going to keep saying apparently, yeah. walked out in her nightgown. So the friend Janet and mom Lucille, they go to Christian's house like after two days. Without been, asking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah go on. They're they like, show up they're like, like, yeah. Christian, open the door. We got some questions. And, you know, they say. Christian didn't know that we were coming. We showed up at his house. And he was very, very nervous and very energetic. And he started telling us, you know, what happened. According to Christian, after he picked Lily up from rehab, they decided to buy drugs at a rundown crack house in Coconut Grove. They had to run down to the crack house near Coconut Grove. (laughs) Just the specificity (laughs) of where the crack house was, the crack house on Coconut Grove. Yeah, and they go back to his condo, to Christian's condo, with their two friends, EJ and Kelly. Kelly, apparently, according to Christian, like, they're all hanging out. Kelly leaves the room and goes into the bedroom, like, at midnight or whatever. That, according to Christian, sets Lily off on a, quote, jealous rampage, basically. And he says that he went into his own bedroom and asked Kelly to leave and by the time he got back to the living room Lily had left in the nightgown with the bungee cords and no phone or credit cards or money or shoes right and then Christian who's super stand up dude totally. if you can <laughs> if sarcasm was a font yeah. this is it right now Christian was like I figured maybe she went to a lot of times when Lily's upset she likes to pick flowers she likes to just have her peaceful time with nature uh, yeah I thought she might be hanging out in nature yeah. or picking flowers and I was like that might be well and good and something that she did flower picking yeah. isn't a super popular nighttime activity, my no. dude, let alone a 24-hour nighttime activity. Right. So when she went out to pick the dandelions, which, yeah. by the way, weren't in season, so don't come for me, <laughs> maybe after 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. you go outside and you find your girlfriend. Yeah, because, you know, if, if your girlfriend's out in the nature at 2 in the morning and you don't find her, who's going to find her? Say it with me. Bigfoot. Big <laughs> I had to. What else am I going to do? So one theory that people are circulating is that she's still on the streets 24 hours later, wandering around in some kind of like drug-induced coma. And then, like, again, Mama Lucille keeps dropping these nuggets. Lily was diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and depression. Now, here is where my anger, like, triplicates. Yeah. Because not only is she suffering from substance abuse disorder, she also has all these things. Yeah. That require a ton of medical attention. That, like, you know. She- well, they just learned, like, they found out when she was in that rehab that she was right. schizophrenic. Yeah. So it was a, that was news to everybody. But, like, she's having basically, like, a mental health episode, and yep. nobody is there to help her. Like, her mother, the one person who, like, she's safe around, can't be around her because she's raising the baby. 
that Lily can't see. And this guy, Christian, whether he killed her or not, right. we'll get to that in a minute, like, is doing her no favors, but also having, like, addiction issues. Right. You know? Right. Like, yeah. it's, this is a very, it's a very unsafe environment But for also, her. just, just knowing that, knowing the schizophrenic and depression and the drugs and the alcohol, all of that codependent behavior, it's like yeah. the chicken and the egg thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is causing which and self-medicate. It's actually really, really sad and tragic that all this woman needed was help. Right. It's tragic. And so now, of course, you know, the cops think that maybe she's taken her own life and Christian fed them a story that he had these, like, bungee cords that she, like, had been playing with and that she left, you know, that she left with. And he gives them a story that she'd already tried to kill herself. She was just really, really drunk. And she tried to hang herself in my closet. I broke the pole down, put her on the bed. She's still frantic, still crying. You know, and, you know, finally was able to calm her down and went to bed that night. I am not buying anything. Christian is here. Yeah. He is here. Yeah. We are getting it. So usually yeah. when someone is here, like, remember Nikki McCowan? Yes. And they, they suspected her fiancé for a minute. I was yes. like, no, dude is here. He right. is here. Yeah. And I was I thought the same thing about Christian. The more and more he said, I was like, the guilty ones speak the loudest. Like, yeah. why do you? He doth protest. We'll see. I think he's too stupid to get away with murder. So there's that. Yeah. Like me. Christian and I are the same in that regard. Yeah. That's the one thing Christian and I have in common, I think. Yeah, too you stupid know. to do murder. Yeah. Put that on a shirt. So the mom is back in the car driving all over Miami looking for Lily with the windows rolled up listening to Nomads Indian Saints. And she's doing everything. Again, kind of like Leah Peebles' yeah. dad was like going into really unsavory situations with sex workers, crack houses. Can we say crack houses? That's what they keep saying in the yeah, show. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think so, yes. So the mom is driving all over Miami and then we get this story from Christian. Christian told me that this person had called him and told him that he had seen Lily in downtown Miami. Lucelli immediately calls one of the men to confirm the sighting. And I said, are you sure? Tell me exactly where did you see her? Did you talk to her? What was she wearing? And he just assured me that it was her, that he talked to her, you know, that it was real. So the, uh, the mother gets some sort of confirmation from one of the kids that they did see Lily. So mom's back in the car. Yep. She's moved on to rites of passage. Yep. And she's driving around looking for her daughter. Like this poor fucking mother. Yeah. Rites of passage is, is another Indigo Girls album. Great. Don't sing it. So um, <laughs> she's kind of reignited by this kind of little nugget that someone has spoken to her. Okay, great. I know yeah. she's out there. It's just my job to find her. Yes. So she keeps going for three or four months. And Janet's with her. Best friend yeah. Janet, who I was like, she's not super invested in this interview. This is where she started, like, her down bitchery, really. She went to DBU. She went to Down yeah. Bitch University. She had to learn. She yeah. had to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Down Bitch Janet says, I think I started feeling as if something was really wrong after about Two months. She said she knew something was really wrong after two months. I know. Jenna, you can't say some shit like that if there's any chance that two podcasters, a gay and a loud woman, are going to talk about this yeah, years later. It's just statements like that that further solidify the lengths and the depths of my crazy because yeah. I would have lost it after two yeah. hours. Yeah. But Janet over here with the patience of Job obviously has no problem not panicking until she hits the two-month mark. So there you go. The patience of Job. You and your Bible references are bizarre. It's just weird. Is it? Yeah, it's just weird. Because I'm thinking Job from Arrested Development. That's my only reference point to a Job. But no, you're talking about the vibes. <laughs> the 
don't abbreviate the Bible. Oh, does somebody have? Oh, oh, please. Let's talk about your strong Christian values. I have any strong please. Christian values. I have comedic values, and so, those go against all of them. I can't call it the vibes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I. It's not funny. I appeal that choice. <laughs> I appeal that decision. I'm checking the terms and conditions of this agreement <laughs> into comedy. So June 6, 2007, for some reason, that's the day that we learned that Mom Lucille and Janet are very suspicious of Christian. For one, Lucille wonders why Christian waited an entire day before filing a missing persons report. I called the police earlier, but they said you can't file a missing persons report for 24 to 48 hours. Which is it? I know. 24 or 48. Because <laughs> when someone's missing, that's a lot of hours. Yeah. yeah, and the mom is also like, I also wonder why he didn't call me sooner, even if he couldn't file a missing persons report. You guys, it's not a mystery to me. He was on drugs. She was on drugs. Yeah. If he really thought she was coming back, he doesn't want the mother coming over to the house, finding the drugs. Also... He was on drugs. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bad. Like, he's not thinking in his right mind. I don't think Christian did it. I really don't. I don't think he did it. I think he was on drugs. Okay. We'll get, we'll, okay. We'll get to it. So, I also think it's fine to say the vibes. I think it's fine. And I think it's funny. Are you going to hang on to that? Yeah, that's gonna, really the one? That, that's what you're going to go down with the ship with? Yeah. Is the vibes? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Have it. Take it. <laughs> I like, I like saying the vibes. Okay, well, let's take a vote. We'll take a vote okay, on if the vibes is funny or not. Okay, and then you can keep it in your repertoire, okay? It's not freaking funny. Ah, hey, no one asked you, Sharon. <laughs> been a minute since we've seen her. Where's she been? Uh, I've been uh, I've been on vacation. Where'd you go, girl? Nanya. Nanya where? Nanya business! Oh, Sharon, I didn't see that one coming Listen, a mile away. Listen, <laughs> if you can say the bribes, I can say Nanya. All right? Just so happens I was on a spiritual retreat. So I was offline. I was off the goddamn grid. Not donkeys for miles. Oh, that sounds like torture. I tried ayahuasca. <laughs> Tripped my balls off. Yeah, I did it with a shaman. A shaman named Kifa. It's great. <laughs> so, best friend Janet was kind of, you know, everything that you said about the reasons for his behavior were probably drug-related, but she basically said... It sticks out a lot because he did not act like a concerned boyfriend or fiancé. His behavior was very strange, and he would not look at us. He would be talking, but... He was cleaning his house at the time. He was cleaning while we were talking to him. Yeah, he he's on drugs, sis. Like, that's what, that's drug behavior. Yeah, and that's what Christian said. He's like, I was on drugs. Because the implication is that, like, he's literally scrubbing the blood off the floor while sure. he's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what's happening. Yeah. I just sound drunk when I do it. That's not what's happening. That's actually very cute. September 2008, more than a year has gone by. Janet and the mom are frustrated with, like, the lack of the media and the, and the police involvement in this. So Janet takes to the social media. And, you know, like, again, back in the back in 2008, that was probably, like, a big deal. Yeah. She makes a blog and a Facebook and a Twitter account. And so somebody cares. Like, somebody right. gets involved and writes an article for a, a publication called the Miami New Times. And these two private investigators, Joe Carrillo and Anna Lanuza, read about the case. And we are told they then offer their services pro bono, to which I said, private investigators must all be billionaires. Because yeah. they are always working They're for free. They're always working for free. Yeah. What do they do? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. A P.I. Penny, is, she's she's been bankrupt for years. Because not <laughs> only does she offer her services for free, she yeah. doesn't solve anything. No. <laughs> yeah, P.I. Penny's not who I'm calling first. And apparently the article not only gets these private investigators involved, but it also like reignites the police interest in the case, specifically the interest in Christian. The police just jumped into action and they picked up Christian soon after and they took him in to take the polygraph. But when the results come in, Janet and Lucelli's suspicions seem to be put to rest. And from what the detective told us was that Christian passed it. He passed a polygraph. They give him a polygraph test and he passes. Yeah. Look at my shocked face. So, and they were like, oh shit, like that was... That was sort of the only one we were talking about. Yeah. We were thinking about. <laughs> and they, and everybody the- from like the private investigators to the cops want us to know they all really believe in lie detector tests. Yeah. They yeah. all really put a lot of it's Florida. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> they, they don't know. No. They don't know anything. <laughs> so two years go by. It's November 2009 in Miami. And Paulden, the son, he's now three years old. No. And so this is crazy. To mark Lily's 26th birthday, mom and best friend Janet decide they're going to do something really drastic. We thought it would be a good idea to have a hunger strike. We felt it was extreme, but for us it was the only thing that would get the attention, you know, that we were looking for. And they like plop themselves down in the middle of downtown Miami and go on a fucking hunger strike for a week. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm Mama Lucilli, I'm like, I'm going to run into the bathroom yeah. and I'm running to the Auntie Anne's pretzels and I'm fucking downing a goddamn pretzel. Yeah, no. That buttery or get one of the cinnamon ones yeah, oh, the cinnamon with the icing so or whatever. The, yeah, all yeah. of it. It should come as no surprise to anybody that I'm not committing to a hunger strike. If you go missing, I will miss you. Yeah, I'll will. run the social media girl, yeah. but she's got to have her dominoes and her Cosmotinis. Yeah. Yeah, she's no. not she's not going on a hunger strike for you. Yeah. Is that okay? I won't even go on a hunger picket line for you. No. I'm not even going I'm not skipping yeah. a meal. I don't know why we I don't know why we need to intertwine eating and protesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're a more effective protester if you're satiated. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. So they're sitting there and now the scene is set and they're sitting with posters and yeah. signs. And they're giving and out like flyering. leaflets. Right. And it gets media traction, but not the kind that they want, not major news outlets. Now, this kind of breaks my heart. They only get traction from Spanish-speaking outlets. Now, they are a Spanish-speaking family, but it is just such a brilliant display of how the world is that, you know, a brown woman goes missing yeah, yes. and it is not national news. Right. Those Spanish speaking networks, I'm sure, get, you know, tons of attention and yeah, stuff, but yeah. it's not going to be national attention. Yeah. I mean, they do it for a week and nothing comes of it. Yeah. There's no new leads. So December 3rd, oh, 2010, yeah. we get an investigator back on the case. His- but no, not like back on the case. This guy, Ray Ho- yeah. He's a, he's a homicide investigator. Miami-Dade homicide detective Ray Hoadley hears about the case from a colleague and volunteers to take it on himself. I made a decision and asked the uh, people that I work for in the Homicide Bureau if we could take a look at the case and review it. And they agreed to let me do that. 
the way that they film him for his like intro into the episode is a very weird he's like an older heavy man and they he's giving us model looks yeah he's giving us very posy slow motiony head turns I was like holy what you doing over there sis he knows his angles right. <laughs> he knows his angles he's like a little more light on my left thank you thank you Holy and I are both not going on a hunger strike for it for nobody you know what I mean <laughs> you don't have to go on a hunger no. strike Daisy goes missing and I'm like I'm going on a hunger strike that sounds I'm gonna be so hungry though someone bring me Taco Bell Taco Bell but from the cantina please Rancho Rancho Gordita Crunch so he's like wait 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 wait. I don't actually believe this story right so he's like hold up it just seemed very unusual that a female would walk out of an apartment at two o'clock in the morning wearing only a nightgown without any money without any credit cards without a phone she left the house at two o'clock in the morning wearing nothing but a nightgown holding bungee cords you say <laughs> he's like I christian's got... like now that you mention it that does sound that, a little yeah weird. when you say it back to me yeah. like that i see i yeah. see yeah your your hesitation i see yeah. your pause <laughs> bloop, bloop. so ray's like let me look at all this stuff yeah so he Rescans the polygraph and hold on to your butts. Uh huh. Turns out Christian didn't pass the polygraph. He fucking failed the polygraph. We got 10 minutes of him passing and how that meant he probably didn't do it. It was good enough for the cops. It was good enough for the PIs. This guy fucking failed the polygraph and like there was a miscommunication somewhere. Yeah. So I guess my main question and takeaway is polygraph readers. What else do you have to do? Right. So we know that the polygraph readers are a few clowns short of a goddamn circus. Let's call them polygraphers. Why not? Is that what they are? Sure. They're polygraphers? I'm calling them that. Are you making that up? No, I also invented the vibes today. So I'm going to go with All right, I'm putting, you you can sit in the corner. Um, (laughs) But like, Poly, what was it? Polygraph, what is it? Polygrapher. Polygrapher. It's like a calligrapher with a P. That's not a thing. You made that up, but I'm going to go with it. Polygraphers! You had one job! Yeah. One job! Well, but it's also like, so like, I guess the polygrapher just called the cop and was like, he passed. Like, the cop doesn't actually, in the in the moment, look at the actual report and be like, uh, Sam, yeah. I know you said he passed, but actually he didn't fucking pass. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of back to square one. And well, Ray they're says, back to square one in so far as like, oh, yeah, Christian probably did it. Yeah. yeah. The question that he failed was, do you know what happened to Lily? Right. And he failed that question. He it's fucking knows. Kind of a big one. Yeah, I would say. In the, yeah. the grand scheme of yeah. the story. In the overall arc of the story, I would agree. Yeah. So Ray's like, let's start at the very beginning. And I said, what did I say? He drove all night. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> So he's starting from scratch. So we came back and searched that property. We had uh, cadaver dogs that were used. He went out on Christmas week. I'll never forget. They went diving into the canal behind the apartment. They cut down huge amount of weeds looking for Lily. And we used aviation to photograph the area and document what we were doing. I mean, it's like suddenly all the resources of like the Miami-Dade police department are like coming to bear. Where were you guys three, three fucking years yeah, ago when you could have maybe ago. found her? Exactly. Like, good for you, Hoadley, but like, you don't get, you only get so many pats on the back when like, you could have solved it back in the day. Yeah. And he's going through the rest of the story. Remember that story where the friends of Christian were like, oh, we saw her downtown, Elvis, Elvis and, and Dario. Dario yeah. So they re-interview those guys and they're like, yeah, we totally didn't see her. We didn't see her. Not only that, Elvis says. Christian told him that if he would tell Lucelle that he had seen Lily downtown or seen and spoken to her, 
it would make Lucelli feel better and wouldn't be worrying about Lily as much. And finally, Elvis agreed to do that because Christian was paying for his drugs. Christian girl, that story was going to come out eventually, yeah. girl. Yeah. If that doesn't look good. Yeah, someone's pants are on fire. Yeah. And Christian's like, uh, I didn't say that. Yeah. I didn't say that. Right. I was He's- like, why don't you take a polygraph, Christian, because you'll probably pass it. Because whoever you're bamboozling at the polygraph factory to let you pass these polygraphs, yeah. say it again. They're called polygraphers, Whatever. <laughs> I, I have this note here. Christian sucks. Yeah. Is that what you wrote? Yeah. Is it with a lot of use. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, so Hoadley goes to check out the crack house. He doesn't find any connection to Lily there. And he's saying, like, Heath believes that whatever happened to Lily, it happened in Christian's condo. Right. So March 18th, 2011, having decided that whatever happened to Lily happened in Christian's condo, he totally hauls Christian downtown for an interview. And he's like, hey, do you want to take one of those polygraph again? Yeah. Want to do that real quick? Should I do that? Yeah. And he does it. And guess what happened? He fucking fails. He it. fucking failed again. Like, and, and, and he, he gets says, the same question. The same, like, do you know what happened to Lily? And that's where he fails. And he said, his, because Christian's got a lot of excuses. He's even got more as we yeah, come yeah. up. He's, I don't see how it's like, it's the, the, the nerves, I'm nervousness or, or whatever it could be with this whole situation just, you know, eats at me. And do I have guilt? Yes. I have guilt on that I didn't give her that compassion. He's like, well, I was nervous. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to need a pair of crutches to help me get over that bullshit you're laying down right now. No, my dude, yeah. two times you failed. Fool me once, you know the rest. Yeah, but you know how I feel about this. Like, we have to decide, do we believe polygraphs or not? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know? I mean, like, I think- Do you? Do you believe polygraphs? What do I know? Yeah. You know, I don't think I would take one. If something happened and I knew that I didn't do it and I was the last person to see that person alive, yeah. I would get a lawyer. I would be that guy, even if you, my best friend, went missing and so yeah. and I was the last I was the last person to see you I probably wouldn't talk to the cops right away I would get a lawyer and like let them handle it you know because of what I've learned from like I would also go and write down every single thing I remember yeah. so that there will always be an account of what exactly I remember happened that night but like I'm not gonna take a chance of getting like wrongfully convicted for some yeah. shit that I didn't do I, mean, I don't know I mean it is weird that the only question he failed both times yeah. was do you know what happened But to we her? don't know what the other questions were. Like, is your name Christian? You know, like, yeah. are we sitting in a police station? Like, it could have just been that simple, yeah. you know? So Can we you don't just know. let me be mad at him? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so April 2011, they search the area again. Nothing. And everyone kind of thinks it's Christian. I know. And, you know, Detective Hoadley is saying that he believes that she died the night that she left. He believes that they have not been told the truth, that Christian obviously is holding information back. And my whole thing, you know, the mother says this really interesting thing. Like, proof is that he failed the polygraph. Proof to me is that he was always avoiding me. Proof is that if he was about to marry my daughter, he would just make a phone call and ask me in four years, how are you? How is Spalding? Do you know anything about Lily? I never got that. I understand why that makes him look guilty. How do he kill her? How do he get rid of the body? If he killed her in the condo that night, Kelly and EJ have to know yep, about it. Totally. You know, yeah. the Kelly and EJ have never told anybody. What did they do with the body? I just, I think that murders like that are impossible to keep secret. For forever. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear of those things like 20 years sure. later, yeah. especially yeah. now. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you have any information regarding the disappearance of Lily Aramborough, you are urged to contact the Miami-Dade Police Department, and that number is 305 305- 305 
418-728-7200. And I would also like to add a little oh tag. I know. Here we go. But listen, this is a really hard time right now. And mental health experts have kind of been telling us that we don't know the psychological effects that this pandemic may have on us. People have lost their jobs and their homes and their loved ones and their social circles. And with all the stress coupled with anxiety and depression, this will have a very long lasting impact. So if you are listening to this and you are struggling with any kind of addiction, I am not qualified to help you, but I am qualified to tell you that you are loved, you are needed, and you matter. And if you need help, please, please call the Substance Abuse Hotline line at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 662-4357. If you are in need in any stage of recovery and you are hearing this and you are hurting and you need help, please call. We love you. Now. <laughs> now. <laughs> that was an, that was a monologue let. On. It's sad. It's sad because she is a victim of this crime, and she is, you know, just a victim of like a system that couldn't or didn't help her yeah. or help her family. And I had never heard of this case before. And yeah. the other the thing that broke my heart is that it didn't get any national coverage, and only Spanish-speaking um, stations picked it up. And I, yeah. I think that's that should be noted. Say so it was like a monologue funny. and then a repraise. Got it. Say something funny. Do you know how to do that? Um, your hat is. Couture meets Park Ranger. <laughs> that made no sense. I award you no points. I, nothing. An absolute zero. You don't even go home with a parting gift. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, you guys, we did season four, episode 11. I think it was. I don't. You know I don't. I don't even I watch know. any episodes. You guys, if you want more of the shenanigans, join us on our Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. You get three full bonus episodes every month. We have over like 12 or 15 episodes available for you to download and binge right this second. Yeah, they're an easy listen. They're so fun. We started with, what was the first thing we Snapped. did? Snapped. Snapped, and now we're doing See No Evil, which I am totally obsessed it's with. It's so fun. And our trivia once a month is so fun. You can also get on our close friend circle, which we give you a little more content on Instagram. Yeah, there's also ad-free versions of these episodes. There's lots over there on the Patreon. Lots of reasons to join. Uh, girl, I love you. I love you. Every Friday night we go live at 6 o'clock on our Instagram, The Disappeared Pod, and you can follow me at Ellen Marsh and him at Patrick Hines underscore what? <laughs> sometimes you don't care about giving the handles, and sometimes you look absolutely desperate to give the handles. Don't say that. Desperate to give the handles. I mean, I do have to get my follower count up. I'm, nev- <laughs> I'm never going to be an influencer if I don't. What do I influence? Bad decisions. All right, we love you. Bye. Elvis, Dario, and Christian. What a trio. Yeah. Huh? And so they, like, and I'm, that's not a name joke. That's a, like, these fucking doofus idiot jokes. It's kind yeah. of a name joke. That sounds like a boy band from the 90s that didn't really work out very Elvis well. Elvis is a great name, though. Yeah. Elvis is a really strong name. I like it. It's very cute. Somebody stop saying and 2008. Good for you. You've really grown since we started making this podcast. I didn't say that. You always said it. September and 2008. You do it. I don't think I did. Okay. <laughs> I think you were, I think. Uh-huh. I, to explain myself uh-huh. to you. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Okay, I am a woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whenever I, whenever I say that, I just bring, <laughs> I just bring feminism into yeah, it. Yeah, W O M A. 
in. And he does that thing where he answers questions with questions. Uh Like, ask me a question. How are you? How do you think I am? Right. Like, what? You sound like such a dick dong. Anyone got any snacks? No, Sharon. Get her some more ayahuasca. Can you imagine just like a woman in a mullet on ayahuasca, like freaking out in the corner, like hitting herself with like bamboo leaves? Did you say shit my balls off? Oh my God, that is so funny.